computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. I am the host for today, Tim. You know me as Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter. And I'm just doing a quick solo pod running through some Q&A. We got some questions on the <laughs> the Lakers Sex Mafia um, Discord server, our private Discord, um, which is where we you know, talk basketball. We've been building out these different tiers. And there was a bonus pod that came out last night. We are doing uh, bonus pods twice a month. We have uh, coaching clinic, like X's and O's clinics type stuff twice a month as well. Um, all sorts of cool, neat channels with you know where we'll talk through trade rumors and things like that. And we created a thread there. Folks put together some questions. And so I am going to go through those today. I'm going to stay away from a couple topics that I covered on the Q&A bonus pod yesterday for a more exclusive group. So not going to talk about AD's first game. I'm not going to talk about Kendrick Nunn and how he fits in with the team. I'm not going to talk about uh, like the, the top issues, ranking issues, plaguing the Lakers. If you want to hear topics like that, you'll want to head over to the Discord, find the right area there, and, and you'll be taken care of. But just working through these, first question is, uh, we heard Reeves was going to start, and then he was out uh, due to COVID, had some injury issues. What happened there? And I mean, that is what happened. Reeves was going to start. I heard this from multiple sources around the team. The plan was for Reeves to, Reeves to start, and because of COVID, because of injury issues he had, like he, he, you know, did the opportunity, opportunity is really important in basketball and the NBA and sports and life in general. You, you know, you, you meet someone that becomes your spouse on like, you know, a random chance, or you were able to make it to a certain company because you had a random connection, or you were able to, uh, I don't know, get, get a break with the team because they had a guy who was injured for a day or something like that. Opportunity matters in life. And Reeves had that opportunity. I think he's going to get it again because he's playing well and, and, he, and he's proving his case. But there was that period of time earlier in the year that it was going to happen and then it didn't happen because of those injury and COVID issues. We're now finally getting to see him play with some real consistency. We're seeing his minutes go up. We're seeing, I mean, he's played more minutes than Bradley two of the last three. No, three of the last four games, I believe. Um, and so... As that transition continues to happen, I think we're going to get to the point where, I mean, by the end of the year, his minutes will, you know, from when I tweeted out a few days ago to the end of the year, his minutes are likely going to usurp Bradley's. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, suddenly Bradley's benched and Reeves is starting and playing 38 minutes a game or something like that. But I expect a gradual transition. And... I don't know exactly, you know, when he may be starting, but I would expect more of like in-game, you know, rotation changes where they're realizing, oh, you know, Reeves is the guy to be going with here. And we've seen that. We actually saw that. Um, the next step from that is likely going to be planned rotational changes where he plays an extra stint or his stints are a few minutes, minutes longer, but Bradley's still starting. And then we may see a starting lineup change. 
Might not happen. I can see how that's more of like a progressive switch there, but we may just see him start in a couple days. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, th- this coaching staff sees those things with him and, you know, they certainly, uh, I think the leashes for different guys are shorter or longer based on if you're a vet or a rookie. And we've seen that with the staff in the past. We saw this with Rondo, with Caruso, with, you know, there, there were some, you know, I wouldn't say, and I think we can all agree, the lineups and the rotations haven't been perfect for the Lakers under Frank Vogel. I would say they're not perfect for just about any team, any year, but that has been one particular thing that's irked folks. And I, I do expect it to change moving forward. Don't have like an exact date to mark on your calendar, but keep an eye out for that. Next question is if we match up with Phoenix in the first round with the current roster, so no trades, no buyouts, what should the rotation look like and why? Um, So against Phoenix, the way the Lakers line up well, or the way they match up well, and and really it's not quite like a weakness weakness, but I'd say Phoenix with how their offense is run, they are a machine. (laughs) They're able to get to a machine when they're healthy against drop coverage, against aggressive hedges. Um, I think trapping them has some viability, but you can't do it consistently or, or you're going to get burnt. And switching has been the thing that we saw. We've seen it some this year. We saw it last year in the playoffs with Milwaukee. Once you're able to just start switching against them, no longer are they able to get open kickout threes. No longer are they able to just get, you know, Chris Paul wide open mid-range pull-ups and Booker wide open mid-range pull-ups against a dropping big. They're not getting the lobs to Aiden. It turns into ISO play. It turns into we're going to try to slip screens, which you can do things about. And it turns into we're going to try to post up Aiton against your little guy or he's going to try to get in, inside position against your guard and then we're going to throw up a lob. And that can still work and they, they can still be effective, but it's a different caliber of offense. There's less schematically built in that'll help support the Cam Johnsons, the Jay Crowders, some of these other guys on the team. And I think just like how we saw against Brooklyn with the Lakers switching, it really limited James Harden's ability to playmake. He had to be more just of a scorer. And him as a scorer without being a playmaker isn't going to beat you with that team and their talent. Now, Phoenix has more talent. Uh, and I mean, Brooklyn Healthy has more talent. But switching, I do think, is, is the right answer there. And due to that, I you know would love to see Reeves playing a lot. I would love to see Baysmore in the rotation by that point. Because I think those two, rather than Bradley you know, add a lot of value. They're good point of attack defenders and they switch well and they're bigger guys. Bradley gets over screens better than either of the other two of them. But if you're switching, doesn't matter as much. So that is what I'd like to see. I don't want to see Dwight. I want to see AD and LeBron playing center and they're both going to play a bunch. You're going to have Russ in there. I would love to see Stanley Johnson get a bunch of minutes. Ariza, if he's moving better, if he's more mobile, I can see him working. But he is someone that if you're switching him onto a point guard, you're probably going to want to have to send a double and rotate him out of that. So a little bit, you know, it can work, but, and he rotates well off ball, but I'm a little concerned about how that might be, but big picture. And that's all I'll leave it at for now. Those are the types of guys you'd want. And that's the type of approach you'd want against the Phoenix team. Next question. uh, Interested in knowing if I would pull a trigger on a rust trade, if it didn't have to include a first rounder, Maybe. It really depends what you're getting back. And I don't think it's realistic to expect the Lakers to make a trade where they give away Russ and add pieces that fit better and make more sense for them to succeed now. 
certainly not without including draft capital. So I don't see this as realistic, but if there's a good trade, I'd make a good trade, you know? Uh, let's see. If the Lakers pull off a Kendrick Williams slash Muscala trade together, I'm assuming, uh, and AD and Nunn come back and, and are balling out, what is the ceiling for this team? How do they match up against the Warriors and Suns? That team matches up pretty well. Um, Williams and AD, obviously, are, are some of the key pieces here from a switch standpoint against the Suns. Uh, with the Warriors, you need some really good off-screen defense. And same thing with the Suns with Booker. And that's what you get with Kenrich Williams coming in. Muscala would be someone that he plays well in aggressive ske- uh, screen coverages, but isn't really a switch guy. So if you are switching, wouldn't fit in all that well. But he's a good pick-and-pop guy. He'd add value. It's good to have him as a tool in your toolkit. It doesn't mean you're going to use him every game. AD obviously being healthy, playing well would be important. None, who's a huge question mark at this point, I am not anticipating will be back and balling out. But if he is, that's super helpful. Doesn't fit all that well into a switch scheme, but I think his offense is good enough and his defense will be good enough. And you'll be able to use the tactics around switching to help get him out of uh, compromising situations that he would play in. Big picture, the Lakers, if they make that trade, they get none back. They're healthy. They're running good scheme. The lineups look a bit better. That team can get to the finals. That that team can win the finals. Um, but all of those things have to go well. And there are a lot of outcomes where they make a trade and then aren't pushing the right buttons. They don't have the right lineups. They're not running the right rotation. They're not optimizing the offensive scheme. And we don't see this team perform the way we'd like to see them. But ceiling, like for sure, I am not at the point where I'd say, you know what, after all of that, if they're doing the right things, they just don't have enough. I would be surprised if that's the case. I'd be more, I think, more surprised if they do have every single thing clicking the way I'd like to see. Um, But that's, I guess that's where I am right now. Okay, question from two weeks with pay. If you could only add one player via trade or buyout, what position or skill set needs to be upgraded the most for this team to maximize success? Hmm, this is a good question. I, I do think a stretch big that's a real big, like like an actual <laughs> tall person um, that can like defend the rim a bit would be a nice add. I don't know that it's crucial. I don't know that it's mandatory. Uh, chaser defense, I do see as being really important. And it's not something that you need every single day, but I do think, in, and I'm you know picturing Kendrick Williams here or, or Gary Harris potentially if he's a buyout option. Um, I don't think the Lakers would trade for him. He, he makes like 20 mil. So that'd be tough. But if they are able to get one of those types of guys who are both in the top like five or six in our off-screen chaser defense metric on people index, you suddenly have guys that you can deploy and be much better at defending a Devin Booker running around screens, a Steph Curry potentially running around screens, Clay Thompson running around screens, all of the Utah guys running around screens. Um, All three of those teams in the West with Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix – they use the off-screen game really well. And that currently, big picture for the Lakers, is a weakness of this roster. They have good on-ball defenders. They have some good rotators. They have guys that are poor at one or both of those things. Um, they don't have great chaser ability. Ellington's good at it, but he's so poor on-ball that he's just not going to make it into the rotation. So adding someone like a Williams who has good chaser ability while is also 
he's also very tall and he's able to switch well. That to me is what I'm looking for. He space the floor offensively, defensively, be able to you know add chaser defense and fit into a switch scheme because I think that's really the direction that the Lakers need to be going. Okay, next question from Nicole. Why do you think Frank Vogel slash the coaching staff does not trust Bazemore anymore? We were really high on him prior to the season, but he just hasn't added any value to this team. Do you think Frank gives him a second chance? I do think he gets a second chance. I don't see this as related to the answer we got around uh, players on the roster, you know, players being around the, on, on the roster longer deserving time. That was more in a specific Ariza over Johnson thing, but we've even seen that flip and we've seen Johnson starting. So, you know, we've seen this coaching staff put these things, you know, have these principles or have these ideas and then change these concepts and adjust as they need to. Baysmore, someone that isn't getting around ball screens well. He's rotating really well, and I like have the proof for that. I, I was logging all this plays. Um, he offensively is going to look awful in garbage time when the Lakers put the bench in and they're not running plays because he needs to be a stationary shooter in the corner, and he needs to not be self-creating. He needs to not be driving. He needs to not be you know coming off of pin downs. He is someone that is a stationary shooter offensively and defensively is someone that fits into a switch scheme, does not fit into like a drop coverage scheme, which is more what the Lakers were playing earlier in the year. So with LeBron going out early in the season, the Lakers running a ball screen defense that didn't match his skill set and offensively with Braun out him starting to do more. And and at that time, the Lakers weren't running their, their sets with any sort of frequency. So it was more like, it was the type of basketball that like Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson thrive in. It is not the type of basketball that Kemp Bazemore is a good fit with. And so if this team gets to the point where they're switching more and committed to that and running the tactics around that, which involves some, a good bit of rotating, and they are, uh, you know, LeBron's healthy, they're running their sets, they're good concepts with frequency, those are the things they need to do to have a chance to compete for a title. Those also all happen to be things that fit more into Kent Bazemore's abilities. So I, I can very easily see him being a piece in a, you know, a filler piece in a trade that we never see again at the, you know, in LA. And maybe he goes and plays someone else, somewhere else and plays well. But if he is given another chance, he has a better chance to succeed now. Uh, question mark here on, you know, LeBron's questionable today. I don't know what's going on with his knee, but assuming the Lakers are, you know, have their guys and they're running a good scheme. And you know they're they're running styles that match his skill set. He should fit. He should be a value add, and I think he should play if if they really are committed to switching, which I think is is the route for this team. All right, question uh, thoughts on trading for PJ Washington? He's someone that we've heard is available. Uh, Charlotte does not want to pay him. He is not someone that the Lakers have specifically reached out to inquire about from from what I've been told, but. He's someone that's I, I think would be interesting. You, you know, a versatile piece can space the floor a bit. I, I like that fit there. I haven't done a deep dive on him, but he's been you know on the periphery of what I've done. You know, watching games and, and with the data at B-Ball Index, and he's got some really appealing you know stuff in his profile. So I would be interested in that if you can go after him and Ubre, which I don't know that the Lakers can afford uh, given their trade assets, but one or both of them I think would be appealing pieces for the Lakers. 
Next question, what futures bets are most likely to pay out for the Lakers? I'd say, and, and I don't know that this is a futures bet you can make, but I'd say the most likely scenario for this team is they like lose in the second round. <laughs> um, I, I, they can certainly do more than that. There needs to be growth between now and then, and there may need to be roster move associated with that as well. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know what the title odds are right now. I was feeling better about them when the Lakers were running better offense, even when AD wasn't in the game, because it was very clear like, hey, when AD's back, the defense will be better, and the offense right now is dynamic. That's a title team, <laughs> um, or at least a, a contender, a team that can push these other contenders. And we've seen the scheme slip a bit offensively. So, you know, that that is the question mark to me. Because with AD back, they should be better defensively. All right, next question. As a fan, who are your three favorite players on the Lakers right now? Wow. Uh, so, I mean, I got to go LeBron number one. The way he's evolved his game, the stuff that he does, the reads that he makes, the impact he has, just the excitement that his game brings to the viewing experience. He, he's got to be number one. I'd say Reeves is in there. He's in that top three. He is someone similar to Caruso where he does so many of those little things that I just with my own personal interests really appreciate the rotating, the diving for loose balls, the fighting around screens, the all of those little things that matter, setting, you know, flare screens, things like that. It's just, you know, he, he's like one of my, I'd, I'd call him one of my guys in terms of his style of play. I, re, I really appreciate that. Same thing with Stan Johnson. He's another guy that like is constantly moving and cutting and setting screens for other players. And, you know, I just, I enjoy watching that, even though his like talent level itself isn't at the same level as some of these other guys. 80s, less fun to watch. I think AD is more fun to watch as a finisher and a de defensive player where he's like springy and powerful and f mobile. He, I like, like aesthetically, that's so much more fun than him like isolating a step inside the three-point line. Him in the post has been good and I enjoy that and he's had a really good season and he's facilitating much better, especially when the Lakers are, you know, organized in terms of how they're attacking help. So I've enjoyed that as well. Uh, so, I, I mean, I can make a case for a lot of guys. I see Russ's game is less aesthetically appealing to me. Um, I, he does a lot of things pretty much every game that I'm just like, like gritting your teeth. Like you live with this. You can live with this. Everything, you know, if other things are going well, this is just, you know, you're paying the Russ tax. It'll be okay. But he he's not really my kind of basketball player in terms of how he plays defense and how he rotates and things like that. So, not quite as much there. Melo's a lot of fun when he's hitting threes, but same thing with him. He's not a, a little things guy. So if if we're talking Tim's three like favorite, you know, personal favorite kinds of players, not the three best players, the three most impactful, whatever. I'd say LeBron, Reeves, and then I guess I'll say Stan Johnson. Okay, next question and the last question. If Frank Vogel gets fired in the middle of the season... Who would you rather have as the Lakers head coach for the rest of the season? We'd have, here are the options. Uh, someone who's been a head coach before and hasn't particularly, and wasn't particularly good at it in David Fisdale, or take a gamble with somebody new in Phil Handy. That's an interesting question. And I mean, we've heard, we can certainly speculate that Fisdale being the lead assistant, having been a head coach in the past, 
is a logical next option that that doesn't quite align with some murmurs we've heard about what might happen. And I think Fizdale having you know acted as head coach for a little bit, uh, in in it you know being okay, not being fantastic, um, can impact you know how the front office is looking at his viability as a head coaching option. I'd say I'd rather I mean. Taking over in-season, usually you're not installing a bunch of new stuff. It's usually more like we're going to keep doing what we're doing schematically and maybe I'll tweak the rotations and, and we'll see what happens. We, I mean, Handy's a huge wild card in this respect, but he is someone who is more responsible for defense and he's had some responsibility with rotations uh, in, in from an in-game standpoint. Fizdale has been more of an offensive guy, and we've seen points of time where Fizdale hasn't been able to play offensive coordinator, and he's been more head coach, and we've seen the offensive scheme at different points look good, at other points look bad. Um, I, I don't know how much of that has to do with like who's doing the scouts for games, and that rotates among the staff. It's, it's interesting. I, I think Handy has, I don't know, I think he'll be able to run the locker room well, and I see keeping Fizdale in his offensive coordinator role rather than finding someone else to do it, unless you're grabbing someone externally who's who's very good at it. And I mean, I can give you names for that, but if it's if they're just filling spots internally, I'd rather Fizdale continue being the offensive coordinator and get back to what was working a few weeks ago. If you can do that, I'd say I'd prefer Handy. But I'm sure along with that, there may be, you know, in-game mistakes or decision points where he's learning because it's new. So we'll, we'll have to live through some bumps there potentially. But I'd say if you're to improve things and you're looking for improvement, you're looking for buy-in, um, you're looking for rotation changes. And, and, and that's part of buy-in is being able to say, all right, we're going to play the rookie. We're going to start the rookie. And it's coming from a guy that all the players like love and trust that's easier when, you know, when, when the players love and trust you being able to like say, all right, Russ, you're going to play less. If you have more buy-in with that guy, it's, it's going to be easier to maneuver. And we've actually seen it. And we talked about this last off season, how Fisdale potentially was brought in to help manage some of those relationships. So I, I can't speak from personal experience as to which players have good re- relationships with which guys. I hope they have, you know, they all have good relationships, but there's certainly an angle that you can pitch where you say, handy as head coach, keep Fizdale doing offense, and maybe Fiz- maybe handy changes things around from a rotation standpoint in the team's clicking more. So, I don't know. That, that's what I'm thinking for now, but you never really know with that stuff. And I don't think it's realistic at this point to expect really someone externally coming in I, I don't see that happening. It's if it were during, you know, in between seasons, I can see that making sense. But in season, you're more just continuing on what's already been built. So those are the questions for today. This was a nice quick one. Uh, before I get going, I want to shout out, uh, give a special thanks to the friends of the pod, Zach Harris and Mike H, as well as to the rest of the Laker Sex Mafia who support what we do here. It really keeps us going. If you're not in on that running joke, that the Twitter handle is Lakers X Pod, and you, if you change the capitalization, it's Lakers X Pod. Um, so, you know the Discord, the private Discord group has been going by the Lakers X Mafia, um, and it, you know it's a fun name. It, it has a nice ring to it, and it also has to do with you know how they're we're up to little shenanigans, and and the group is 
seeking to take action and, and help the team in, in any way they can. If anyone wants to get in on that love, you can find details on how to support us in our private Discord by clicking on the link that is in my Twitter bio. It is bit.ly slash support LakersXPod. And I think we may be updating that in a little bit. So just keep an eye out for my Twitter bio. Just click on that link and it should work. If it doesn't work, let me know. Uh, But currently it's bit.ly slash support LakersXPod, all one word, or support LakersXPod, same thing. Um, and you can learn more about that. We've got a big community that's growing and growing and it's, it's awesome just having more knowledgeable folks, more X's and O's folks, more data folks. We've got doctors in there where just how like Lakers Twitter in general has all those folks representing different groups and interests and, and knowledge bases that adds to this just wonderful discussion. We've kind of grown that up in our own little community and it's been a lot of fun so we'd be happy to have you join us and and talk to you over there so that's all for today nice quick pod we will be back with you soon i think tom and i'll record uh in a couple days but until then i've been courageous mcbasketball and this has been the liggers exceptionalism podcast see you next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.